What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Bucks. And uh, we're following on a little bit from our last podcast where we asked some big questions about the Bucks. And now you guys have jumped into YouTube comments and you've posed a few questions for this Milwaukee team for next season. So I'm going to run through all those for you and uh, keep them coming as well. Do not forget, keep the questions coming as we continue through. But let's get started. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, and you can hear and see me on this show Monday to Friday and also find some of my work over at ESPN. Uh, don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. More on that in just a little bit. And we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single day. As we've mentioned a few times, sadly, Eurobasket might be over. Now we turn our attention to the NBA and the Milwaukee Bucks, who, as we've described, they are an interesting team. Some would say a little bit boring because they're not really sure where to look or where the storylines are for this team. Pretty much bringing the same team back uh, from last year. But that is not to say that we can't come up with some storylines and we've done that today. We're going to talk about the rotation. We're going to talk about the shot making on this team. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, the fit of some of the new guys that have come into this squad. So we're going to have a bit of fun today. But I thought an interesting place to start would be the win total. So we had a few people check in on YouTube and give their thoughts on the win total for this season. And we've briefly described this over the course of the last few weeks and discussed the win total. And we'll discuss about better online in a little bit. And they have a win total there. But how high is too high for this team? On our last podcast, which you should check out with myself and Frank Madden, we discussed some of the challenges this team might have from a motivation standpoint. And you can sit back and say, well, this team didn't win anything last year. They were bounced in the second round. They should be motivated. But this is year five under Mike Budenholzer. Uh, year three, we drew Holiday and that core with, with Chris and Giannis. I also just think that the East has got a, a little bit better. So where is a, fin, a, a fair win total for this team to me? Uh, I have it at around 54, but you have to keep in mind that this was a team that only won 51 games last year. You have to keep in mind that the Central Division has got a little bit better when you include uh, Cleveland now with Donovan Mitchell, and maybe they'll be a bit more healthy than they were last season. Chicago, will they be more healthy? It wouldn't be hard uh, for that to be the case. So is 54 wins too high? It very much could be the case. So I'm going to put a prompt up on the YouTube channel. This is just another reason why you should subscribe to us on YouTube because we have all polls, we have questions. Uh, everyone gets involved in the conversation. It's a bit of fun. So where have you got the win total for this team? Because when it comes to the topic of big questions, uh, one of the things that people are relaying to me is that health is a big part of this. And then that can ultimately impact 
home court when it comes to the postseason. So uh, let me know where you think they need to get. Does seeding concern you? Remember, the Bucks did win the title from the number three seed a couple of seasons ago. But I think ideally, you would like to be in the number one spot uh, and have home court throughout uh, throughout the postseason. Uh, even if you go back to the championship year that the Bucks won, we know that they won a game seven on the road uh, against Brooklyn. Uh, they were on the road for the NBA Finals. So it's not a team that I think that is too concerned about playing on the road. Uh, but they did also get lucky in that postseason with the fact that Atlanta uh, beat Philadelphia and all of a sudden the Bucks had unexpected home court uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals there. And I think ultimately if everyone had the choice between home court or not home court, uh, they would have preferred to be playing at Fiserv Forum in that Game 7 against Boston. So give us your win totals for this season and ultimately how much you care about the Bucks securing a top-two seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. All right. Uh, one little other piece of NBA news uh, across the weekend was the fact that Dennis Schroeder has signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this is a guy that we discussed a lot uh, how do you people feel about that? Was there a, a lot of disappointment? I'm not sure how much he totally fit with this team anyway. Would he have been a guy that you would have been desperate to play in the postseason? I'm not 100% sure. The fact that he signed a $2.6 million deal is at least intriguing. He was just out there on the market. It's it's a little odd that he wouldn't have been able to get more money if there was a number of teams out there vying for his services, albeit it is a late point in the offseason, and, and a lot of that money has dried up. But he was there months ago as free agency was was playing out. And certainly the Bucks might have had a chance to bring him in. You do have Mike Budenholzer, who has intimate knowledge of what Dennis Schroeder can do on the basketball court. So the fact that it didn't appear that there was any huge interest, certainly based on what we read, uh, tells me that uh, perhaps the Bucks just weren't interested there. But we did get a good look at him in Eurobasket, and he played some terrific basketball. So it'll be fascinating to see how he goes on the Lakers team that at the moment has Russell Westbrook, uh, also has Patrick Beverly. So we'll see how that plays out in Los Angeles. And he was there a few years ago as well. Uh, one other quick one. Someone did mention in the YouTube comments they thought Camelo Anthony would be a good option for the Bucks. I'm going to say no to that one. Uh, I, I don't know if he's getting back in the league. And I've always been a guy that liked Camelo from afar. Love watching him play because you just tune in and see if he can drop 40 points, 50 points, uh, particularly back in those days with the Knicks. But yeah, I, I never have really thought too much about the fact that he could play for the Bucks. certainly in recent times. I think he's about 38 years old now. So yeah, I don't know whether he's going to get back in the league. Maybe he's a guy later on in the season uh, to get some opportunities. We've seen that uh, with a number of players of that vintage in uh, previous years. With the NBA. All right. Let's talk about the rotation a little bit here. So we had a YouTube comment that said, are the Bucks finally going to extend the rotation? So when it comes to the postseason, they feel like they have enough players out there that can play in the playoffs. I thought it was a fascinating, I thought it was a fascinating comment to make because I don't think out of all the things that you could knock butt or question butt on from a rotation stand, stand, uh, standpoint. I don't think playing two little guys in the regular season has been the case. So I went through last year 
in the regular season. And you actually had 11 guys uh, that played in more than half the games. Now, we know some of those players weren't having a huge impact in games through the season. And I'm talking about guys like uh, Jordan War, who had his moments last season. There's no doubt about that. He played in 62 games and actually 19 minutes per per night. And yet we never really looked at Jordan War and said, yeah, he's going to be a guy that they're going to plug into the rotation. Thanasis played 48 games or appeared in 48 games last season. So he was a guy that, yeah, particularly earlier in the season, they played him a lot. He had some opportunities when there was a bunch of guys out of the lineup. But even Mamu appeared in 41 games. Now, it should be noted that is a two-way, two-way player. Uh, he wasn't actually eligible for the postseason. And I remember having the conversation with a, with a number of people just about Mamu and the experience. I'm sure as a competitor, Mamu wanted to get on the floor and play in the playoffs, but he also just had a pretty stress-free ride and a front row seat to watching the Bucks and what they were able to do in the postseason. But that's why when you talk about a guy like Mamu specifically, uh, that's why I was a little bit surprised that if they had real interest in, in him being a player, and it's not to say that it can't happen later in the season, but I was a little bit surprised that they didn't put him uh, on the main roster if they were interested. They went down the path of of signing Serge Ibaka, and I know uh, Camille Davis, our friend, uh, that is shortly due to be back on the podcast soon, pointed it out that perhaps she would have gone down the path of Mamu. So you know, I think they probably wanted the veteran presence of Serge Ibaka. He came at the bargain basement price of a minimum deal. So they probably felt okay about the fact that uh, Serge is on the roster and Mamu will be there and they can make a decision later in the season. Uh, But I don't think the rotation was a huge issue in the playoffs last year, unless you believe that they should have played, uh, you know, Jordan War and thrown him in there when they were looking for offense. I'm not so sure that I really feel that way. And that was 11 guys that played more than half the games uh, and then you throw in Brooke Lopez, who's you know, a starter, and he didn't play uh, for most of the season. So, yeah, I, I don't think you know, Bud is really a guy that you can accuse of not playing enough guys or not preparing enough guys. And yeah, funnily enough, if you look at the basketball reference page, there was 29 guys that played at least one game for the Bucks last year. Now, there's guys like Luke Cornett, Jeff Doughton. So... There's a few guys there that you wouldn't even remember basically on a trivia night if they asked you to name all 29 guys. You're probably not remembering those guys. Um, but 29 players, that just goes to show with the COVID stuff, the replacements, a few of the injuries that the Bucks had, uh, it, it they did have to go deep into the roster. Um, just quickly on this point about the rotation and what happened in the playoffs. So you know that Chris Milton is out. But it is fascinating to look at the the minute totals for the star players. We remember, you only have to go back two years ago to the bubble and the frustrations that Giannis wasn't playing enough in that series against Miami and the key players needed to play more minutes, specifically Giannis. But if you look at last year's minutes per game totals, and clearly that Boston series was pretty intense, but 38.6 minutes a night for Drew Holiday. Giannis was up over 37 minutes. And uh, and so I think you know playing your key guys is something that if you're looking for an adjustment that Bud has made, he kind of doesn't mess around anymore. And I think that's for the better. I think that we're all happy 
that those minute totals are well into the high 30s, keeping in mind that they're impacted a little bit by a bull series that the Bucks had well and truly in hand after the first couple of games. As far as the rest of the roster goes, you had Drew, Giannis, Wes Matthews, Brooke Lopez, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, all playing 20-plus minutes, and then you had 26 minutes between George Hill and Javon Carter. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure that I really see the rotation stuff as an issue for me in terms of preparing guys for the postseason, but let me know how you feel if you think that I've got this wrong because if I look at the roster this year and guys that I would expect would play most nights in the regular season, you've got Chris, Pat, Giannis, Drew, uh, Grayson Allen, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, uh, Wesley Matthews. And so that's eight guys right there. And then you add in Joe Ingles if he comes back, uh, George Hill and Javon Carter, one of those. So that gets you up to 10. And then potentially Thanasis will play some minutes, a uh, Bochamp, we think. And all of a sudden you're at 12 guys. So you know, while the Bucks still have a roster spot and maybe there's room there for a guard that can come in and play some minutes, it's a pretty stacked roster. And it, it, I think they're covered in most positions, particularly for the regular season, to get through some of the injuries they are inevitably going to have. So I don't have too much concerns about the rotation. Keep it in mind that there might be a change uh, later in the season. But uh, let us know what you think. If you think that they are in a, in a good spot from a rotation point of view or they desperately need to make a change. And now uh, let's hear from our friends at betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And by the way, we should point out that when it comes to the NBA, those win totals that we were talking about before, you can check that out on Bet Online uh, and get stuck into that if that's something. Uh, that you are interested in. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, you've heard me talk about the Bet Online NBA Top 50 Most Valuable Players list. You can find it on the Locked On NBA feed, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course on YouTube. Uh, who finishes first? Is it Giannis? Is it LeBron? Is it Steph Curry? Luka? Jokic? All those players there. You can find out by listening to the Bet Online NBA Top 50 Most Valuable Players list. Find it on Locked On NBA or wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, another interesting uh, point to look at with this Bucks team, and it was a question about whether or not the Bucks have enough shot makers. So we definitely lamented the fact that Chris Milton was gone last postseason and without him on the roster they they just didn't have a guy that could create their own shot it's probably why i have some optimism about what grace and allen can bring to this team this season if there's a full complement if there's a full roster because i just don't think that he's a guy that you want needing to create needing to try and get his own shot and unfortunately uh, that was the case i don't think he got the best of drew holiday in the boston series he did some miraculous stuff defensively and probably the load shifted to this team to needing guys to do more on the defensive end because you were one wing short uh, without Chris Middleton. We understand that. And I've been a big proponent with Drew Holiday of saying, he's your third guy. 
But when it gets to the postseason and you need him to be playing 40 minutes of grinded out defense night in and night out, uh, asking him also to have the legs to knock down those big shots from the outside is challenging. Now, he did it in some moments. But they didn't have Chris Milton, and then they didn't have a guy that could create their own shot. I think the best evidence of this is Drew Holiday. If you look at what's his what's his go-to shot? He can get to the rim a little bit, but it's a step back, right? And the numbers are quite amazing because we've seen Drew Holiday hit enough step backs now where you just shake your head and just go, this guy is absolutely unbelievable. But I'm not sure whether it's a shot that, you know, when you're watching him take it, that you think every single time he's going to knock it down. But the NBA tracking data, which um, can be a little sketchy at times, but with a shot like a, a step back, it's pretty easy to to know that it's a step back. So I'm not sure whether we should have more faith in these numbers, but nonetheless, the numbers say that he was 55% on step backs overall and 52% on step back threes during the regular season last year, which is quite incredible. Uh, but what about in the postseason when you look at his three-point shot compared to the regular season? So he actually shot 41% from three in the regular season, which... When I looked that up today, it was kind of hard to believe that he shot the ball that well, but that dropped all the way down to 31% in the playoffs. We know he wasn't alone with the way that uh, that he shot the ball. But the question is, do the Bucs need another bucket getter outside of even Chris Milton when he's in the lineup? It would be nice. It would be nice. And I guess that that's, there's no downside to having Giannis as your best player, but because he's not a not a perimeter player per se in terms of outside shooting, like most of the superstars are around the league. If you had Giannis, who was a knockdown three-point shooter, for instance, and then you had Chris Milton, you've always got two guys and Drew's the third, third guy. So I think that's why there's been intrigue around a guy like potentially Jordan Clarkson who can get you 20 points in a real hurry in a playoff game. He's getting older. I don't, you know, the fact that you'd have to give up Grayson Allen to get Jordan Clarkson anyway, doesn't have me hugely excited, but I think it's also why it's been a a little bit disappointing, even though he's only second year in the league. That's why it's been a little bit disappointing that Jordan War wasn't able to grab those opportunities um, because he is a guy that can get his own shot. He is a guy that can get his own bucket when he needs to do it. So, you would love it if Jordan Wara could be that guy. We don't even know if he's going to be with the team this year. We'll wait and see. As we've said, uh, they do have an open roster spot, but it's just been deathly quiet on the Jordan Wara front on whether he's going to come back to this team or not. But uh, he was a guy that I had high hopes could have potentially drawn something out. Started the regular season pretty well last year. Could he have been a guy uh, that would have progressed uh, and and taken some minutes and being a guy that you could play in the playoffs despite some of the defensive development that is clearly still required in his game. So, yeah, no doubt. I would put that as a tick to the people that have said that this team would benefit from having another bucket getter. It would be lovely. They're definitely one short, I think. And history tells us that the three-point shooters that they do have on their roster haven't been able to deliver in the postseason. It's not just one year. It's been five years straight. So, if you're a Bucks fan, it would be hard to go into this season's playoffs. If the Bucks get there, we think they will. But if they get to the postseason, it would hard to hard to be going to this playoffs and say, yeah, I've got faith that these guys are going to knock them down because unfortunately they haven't been able to this point, despite being a pretty good 
three-point shooting team during the regular season. So I, I'm with everyone that says that that's a concern of theirs. I think it's a very, very valid point. Uh, we did just have a note uh, from another listener that said, what do you think about the ability of Marjon Beauchamp and Joe Ingles to fit into this team? In terms of chemistry or personality or locker room presence, it, I don't I don't think that there's any concern. We know Joe Ingles is a guy that's been super popular wherever he played. Uh, he brings an, an energy, a fun energy to the room as well as being a professional, but he's generally known as being a pretty fun guy to be around within the locker room. Maybe a pain in the ass to play against. We know he likes to talk a little bit. He gets stuck into it. But I, I would not imagine there would be any concern there. And Marjan Bochamp, everything that we've heard, including uh, from assistant coach Blaine Miller, who came on the podcast, uh, he's loved already. And they're very impressed with his his work ethic. Um, this is a little bit cliche, but the fact that he's just constantly appearing to want to get to work straight away and to be the best player that he can be, he feels like a Giannis guy. As far as fit in the rotation, and we already spoke about the fact that they're probably eight deep before you even look at these two guys. Bochamp, probably the swing skill, and that's a term that is probably overused, but the swing skill with Bochamp will be the three-point shot. Now, he was pretty good in Vegas at Summer League. He was looked like he was confident taking those shots, uh, but he also made them at a decent clip. And I think the thing that I loved about what we saw from him at Summer League was the fact that he was playing a pretty minimized role. I think we all wanted to see him get more shots and have the ball in his hand more than he did, um, but it wasn't the case, and he seemed he seemed okay with it. He played defense, he was disruptive, he got block shots, he'd steal, and he would take open threes. That's what they're going to ask him to do on this team. I would suspect that he's going to get minutes early in the season, particularly as as some guys might get some rest. The inevitability is that there's going to be some guys that will miss some games through some health stuff through the season as well. Uh, so that'll be an opportunity for Bochamp on the wing um, before Ingles comes back, which we hope is in the new year. The thing that has me excited about Joe Ingles, if he's anywhere near what we've seen in the past coming off the ACL, uh, is not only the shooting, that's the first thing we think of. Um, clearly, he's been a really, really good three-point shooter throughout his career. He's been a really good catch-and-shoot guy, which when we talk about the Bucks' struggles in the postseason, just having someone who could knock down open threes, that would be nice. So that's the, the best-case scenario with Joe Ingles. But can he still be a secondary ball handler and give the offense a little bit of juice with the ball in his own hands as a pick-and-roll operator? This is something that he's done throughout his career to a high, high level for a guy that plays on the wing. So I like the fit of both guys. It's going to get pretty crowded on the wing. When you consider Middleton and Connaughton, um, these guys that are going to play those positions. Uh, but I'm optimistic that at least one of them will work out, but they're certainly going to get their opportunities. And as we've mentioned, Joe Ingles, a kind of a buyout guy uh, for this for this Bucks team, uh, in, a, in a weird sense that you think that he can contribute to this team later on in the season when maybe they're looking to make another addition to the roster. Uh, but they invested in him, $6.5 million. That was the one salary slot that they had. Um, so I like it on paper if we get anywhere near the Joe Ingles that we've seen in previous seasons. So I thought some pretty good points in this podcast. Uh, as I wrap it up, make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Of course, they're going to be doing the Bet Online Top 50 NBA Players. 
there's a few bucks in there. I can give you that little tease. So listen to that. And I think I've even got a little clip uh, on that podcast as well, uh, discussing the two-time MVP, Giannis. So make sure you check out that podcast. Make sure you continue to get your comments and thoughts and suggestions in on the YouTube page or my Twitter at Kane Pittman. And we'll leave it there. It's a nice start to the week to get this podcast underway. And uh, we'll be back through the week and uh, see what we can come up with. We're only around two weeks away from the preseason. We'll speak to you guys then. <laughs>